welcome Bird Gang on today's show. There's a little bit more activity around the building. Players are back working out. Some have been here. Others are returning. And, yes, not everyone is here. Let's remember, it is voluntary. The off-season strength and conditioning program is not a requirement. The players who are here, like a James Conner, A.J. Green, J.J. Watt, last season, specifically how last season ended, weighs heavily on their minds. But first, a new face and a heck of a new name to learn. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 555, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins... Here's Craig Grealu and Mike Jarecki. So I'm going to do my best here, MJ, and this is where all these years in the business should come into play. All right, here goes. Hey, guy, Chasem Undubisi. How'd I do? Very well. All right. Because I went to a pronunciation, and that was exactly how the last uh, name was, um, I guess, not spelled, but how it was worded. All right. Pronunciation. Bottom line. The new Cardinals offensive lineman, all six foot six, two hundred and ninety-eight pounds of him. We need to find a nickname for this young kid out of Nigeria. Twenty-one years old. Yes, Bird Gang, he is very, very raw, but the Cardinals have added another offensive lineman. That makes fourteen. But hey guy, he is and literally that, that, I like that, that. that's his first name. I'm not I'm not that's that's not being mean or derogatory or anything hey like that. Hey guy, that that's how he pronounces his first name, which is spelled H A G G A I. Hey guy. All right. So maybe that sticks. Started playing football only 5 years ago, but the story behind the story is fascinating. It is up on azcardinals.com. Embedded in the story is a 10-minute video on the Uprise Academy in Africa. Again, I'll say it. He is very, very raw, but this is a player, Bird Gang, much like Bernhard Sykovitz a year ago, that you can root for and you can follow, and fingers crossed. Maybe it's not this season, but perhaps practice squad or down the road. But this is a wonderful story in which this means everything to this young kid. Now, he is on the 90-man roster. Correct. So there's not an exemption here. And, and Sykovitz, he had his uh, – he's he's on the 90-man roster. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the good news is, you know, he's young. Um, obviously, started playing football uh, in 2017. But he's been here in the Valley working out with LaCharles Bentley. And if you're not familiar with LaCharles Bentley, he's one of the best when it comes to technique – uh, foot placement, hand placement, punch. And so, you know, in the offseason, you, you do have some players that go there. Obviously, when they get here, it's all about Sean Coogler. But he said he could play left or right tackle. Um, I think basically it's more of a, you know, a practice squad guy, but a great story. Played both soccer and basketball while growing up um, in Nigeria, run by NFL star O.C. Umanora. And so, I mean, it's a good story, but I think because he was working out here in the Valley, the Cardinals did have some intel. Was part of the league's international pathway program, but as you mentioned, the past 12 weeks, spending time here in Arizona working out with Charles Bentley and his group. And because it is not a roster exemption, this is counting towards the 90-man roster. You don't just give away roster spots. So they obviously, talking about the Cardinals, see something in him. And that's potential. Now, is that week one potential? I don't think so. Yet, you're doing this for a reason. And now you just hope that the opportunity given to Hey Guy is reciprocated. And I don't see any reason. Again, read the story that Darren Urban wrote up on azcardinals.com and the video that was embedded in the story. And I'll say it, and I'll repeat saying it. You root for this kid and what he has gone through growing up in Nigeria, now an opportunity here in the U.S. with the Arizona Cardinals. And, and it's one of those scenarios where if he was draft eligible, maybe he goes in the sixth or seventh round, he goes undrafted. But the fact is they, they have some intel and uh, no disrespect to 
hey, guy, I don't want to see him out there in week one or week 17. Uh, this is more of a development. And, you know, you and I were talking earlier when a team says they're going to give you an opportunity, they believe in you. They believe in you. They, that's why you got on the 90-man roster. They believe in him. Now, he's going to have to obviously get in the weight room, get a lot stronger. It's probably you know don't he look I, I saw him in the conference room he looks really tall and you know he listed at six six two ninety eight um, but there's a lot of things his 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 diet his you know but he's got to get stronger to play at this level and he has never played organized football he's trained he learned pass set techniques watching YouTube videos so when we say raw we're really really stressing the word raw here so this will be his really his first team and organized activity with respect to the game of football, American football, because he did grow up playing soccer and basketball. Yeah, and, you know, when we got a chance to see uh, Sykovitz last year, I mean, he looked the part. I thought he was much better uh, catching the ball, running upfield. Obviously a numbers game there. So, um, again, that's all you can ask for an opportunity. But uh, I would think that maybe we will get a chance to see him to play in the preseason. Yeah, that would be spectacular. His first real live-action when the lights are on and how he handles that. But his quote about what his accomplishment, what this means to him and his family and friends in Nigeria, quote, it means life. It means a dream come true. It means hope from where I am coming from, end quote. So like, we'll see. But like it's a said, story to follow. Yes. It's, and, again, uh, you know, more practice squad, but, you know, take a flyer and a guy and, you know, hopefully he comes in here and he learns it because he's going to be well coached on the offensive line with Brian Nackin and, and, and Sean Coogler. Um, but I agree with you. It's a great story, and you, you root for these stories because you could see that this is a great opportunity for him and his family to come to the States and get a chance to play football in the NFL at some point. And maybe we'll learn more about him on the upcoming and upcoming episodes of Cardinals Flight Plan presented by SeatGeek, Episode 1 here of Season 5 has been published, has been released, if you will. You can go to the Cardinals' official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash azcardinals, but episode one titled Card Core, the beginnings of this offseason as far as how the season ended, talking about 2021, the disappointment, and now what do you do as an organization, a front office, ownership, to put the pieces back together again, so to speak, in order to make another run in 2022. Yeah, it, it's fascinating, and you know we mentioned this on the Red Sea Report, and uh, you and I work here, and we don't see a lot of that stuff. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, you know it's it's very interesting. And you know um, I thought it was really um, you know watching Michael Bidwell interact with these players, and obviously they're excited to get a contract, whether it's one year for Max Williams, two years for Colt McCoy, James Conner, three years Zach Ertz, and. You know, walking around the facility, been changing a lot of different pictures. So, I mean, it's it's to me, it's it's exactly um, what the Cardinals wanted to do, and and it's really interesting when you see Michael because um, James Conner brought his family in. I don't want to you know, uh, you know, ruin the the show, but I'm just giving you a tease, he, and it's never happened before. Lily, his three brothers, him and his mother were sitting in the the, the big rectangular where they signed the contracts. And Michael's like, is this the first time I've ever had a family in here? You know, because usually on draft day, you know, you, you draft a guy, they'll fly him in. His parents will be in the crowd, and then eventually he'll sign a contract. But, and and I was thoroughly impressed the way Zach Ertz was so excited to come back. James Conner, Max Williams, Dennis Gardeck, Colt McCoy, and again, they they wanted to keep the core together. Still got to get better at certain positions, get deeper at certain positions, but. The, you know, and, and I'm a big believer in year number two, we're going to see a, a lot more production. It's going to be hard for Connor, but he's going to get the touches and targets to where his numbers will go up uh, in the rushing and receiving game. And what owner Michael Bidwell had to say about the strategy of this offseason, because we have not heard from any member of the front ownership or front office or ownership since the season ended. So we're left to figure out, right, what's your strategy? What, what what are you doing here in the offseason, and what have we talked about? Well, judging by what has happened, prioritizing your own free agents, bringing back players from last year's team that went 10, excuse me, that went 7-0, and 10-2, finished with 11 wins. Obviously the disappointment of how it finished, but looking and taking a step back and looking at last season, all right, it looks – like they're going to run it back and prioritizing 
returning players as opposed to going out on the market and spending high dollars. As Michael pointed out, spending cash, spending free agency money does not equate to wins on Sunday. And he's exactly right. And, you know, maybe next year will be a little bit different. They may they clearly will have a lot more cap space. The cap will go up, but they only have 21 players under contract. So we'll worry about that next year. But they, they should have a lot more money. And, and they're going to get a little bit of cap relief after June 1st from Jordan Phillips. Not a ton. I thought it would be a little bit more. And, and the Cardinals are still in conversation with some of these free agents. One-year deal. Now you get through the draft and you got a, you drafted a lineman and, and a, a pass rusher. Maybe that's not a priority now. But at the same time, though, um, I do think we'll get a Steve Kime time signing, you know, after June first. We'll, you know, maybe it will still be why they're here. Otherwise, we'll just get an email. And usually, what happens, you know, Adrian Wilson, they have they have grades on every single player that's available right now out there. And and obviously, it's going to come down to price. But I don't see how these guys are going to have any leverage. You, you want to get in? Some guys are getting nervous because if a team drafts a running back, all of a sudden they don't need a running back. When it comes to free agency, the known versus the unknown, and a lot of teams you're seeing look at the known, the known commodities as far as how many free agents, unrestricted free agents this team had, 21, and nine of those have re-signed. Now, you did lose Chandler Jones. You did lose Chase Edmonds. Bottom line is you can't bring everyone back, but the Cardinals made it an, uh, a priority and a conscious effort to bring back who they believe can be a part of that core and move this team forward. Yeah, and <clears throat> again, I want you to watch the show. It's on YouTube. It's uh, the fifth year flight plan, but you know it was, it was interesting just when you know some of the um, stuff that was brought up in there. Just about Michael was on the phone, and that's that. Was, that Probably was when the meeting happened, right? When he was talking to Britt, his secretary. So we got a lot of things behind the scene. Yes, there was a lot. Again, you go to the Cardinals official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash azcardinals. Yeah, like I said, I, I mean, we all want a nice, shiny new toy, but uh, if they were 4-12, and you have to hit the reset button. Well, just look over the last couple of years. I think the jury is still out on J.J. Watt. Obviously, things didn't work out with Jordan Phillips. They did not work out with Terrell Suggs. They did with Jordan Hicks. Those are your, over the last, what, handful of seasons, your big ticket items, if you will, that this team went out and signed. So I just gave you four names, and I'll take J.J. Watt off the board. So you went one of three. That's 33%. That's not a good hit rate in free agency. No, and it's you know it's thirty one percent that first round picks sign a second contract at their original team. That's thirty one percent, and I will say you know on there also, um, it was really nice to see Michael and Steve just talk about how happy they were for Christian Kirk, uh, Chase Edmonds. You can't pay everyone, but that's why these guys became free agents. And Edmonds is in uh, Miami, and and Kirk's in in Jacksonville, and then Chandler Jones. So, but it. I just like the fact that they're they're not upset because they didn't come back here. You'd like to resign at least Christian Kirk because he's kind of hit the sur- scratch the surface last year, but can't resign everyone. And you obviously drafted Rondo Moore for a reason for the future. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. So the players that are returning back in the building, a handful of them, not everyone, but most of them, some new faces as well. In other words, this is I guess the next step of. The off-season, the off-season strength and conditioning program, it is underway as we speak. It is voluntary. And let's, MJ, get this out of the open right away. Kyler Murray did not attend day one. Is he here on day two, day three, day four? Who knows? It does not sound like he is going to be here, however. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported Murray is working out on his own, and this has been, quote, communicated as the plan for several weeks. In other words, MJ, his absence was not a surprise. Kime, Kingsbury, both aware. And obviously this is just going to further the story that, hey, you have an unhappy quarterback, wants a contract, wants a contract sooner rather than later. Is this part of that? Is this something else? I will say this, though. Two off seasons, there was no off season whatsoever. And the season in 2020, 2021, no issues, no problem. Everything went according to plan. Now, sense of normalcy here. Protocols no longer. So you can have a normal offseason, if you will. We'll see how further that continues here in the offseason. But players get used to one way. 
things change, you adjust, you get used to that way, and now you're being asked to readjust. So if you're not here, you're not here. Those players that are here, I think there was a pretty good attendance as far as not just players, but starters, leaders, veterans working out here at the facility. Yeah, I mean, you got a chance to see Buda Baker. I'm going to forget some guys, obviously. You know, Marcus Golden and, and DeAndre Hopkins was rehabbing, so that's always encouraging. You know, I always try to defer to some of our analysts, uh, whether it's Drew Stanton or Kyle Vandenbosch, and, and we were doing the show with Bertrand. And you can go look back and listen to the Red Sea Report, and, and Kyle Vandenbosch, he thinks it's a big deal. You know, and, and to me, um, is this going to affect the win total going into the season or at the end of the season? No. But Kyler Murray has a program, and he's got a team around him. He's lifting weights. Uh, obviously, he's a guy that can go out there and throw. Now, is he throwing the Cardinals wide receivers? Hopefully, but well, no, they're all here. Right. I'm saying down the road. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Down the road. I'm just saying. Hopkins, Rondell Moore, uh, who else? Uh, Andy Isabella, Greg Dorch, Antoine Wesley. They are all spotted either via video or photos that the Cardinals presented and released to the uh, public. Yeah. So, but. And the thing is, Kyler cannot go on the field throwing the football. The coaches can't even be out there. Correct. So, perception, should he be here? Sure. But I understand. Um, again, I don't think it's going to affect him. But he will be here for the OTAs. He will, well, you hope. OTAs, mandatory minicamp, and then obviously he won't have to go to the uh, rookie minicamp. But that's the plan. And, um, you know, I think he's will try to get these guys to come to Texas, and hopefully it works out. Obviously, I think Hopkins is probably going to be on the shelf just to keep him in a bubble until the training camp, and not if not to the first week of the season. James Conner called Kyler's absence, quote, no big deal. J.J. Watt, quote, all I need him to be there for is the first game of the season and play good, end quote. I do believe, MJ, that there is not going to be any player in that locker room publicly that says anything but what Connor and Watt had to say this week. Former players, however, you mentioned Vandenbosch, Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL Live, Willie McGinnis, NFL Network, both believe, like Kyle Vandenbosch, that this is a big deal that your starting quarterback, that your face of the franchise is not here working out. Yet at the same time, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill, those quarterbacks aren't at their respective facilities of their teams working out with their teammates. Now, you can say, well, they've earned that, right? And they've got no problems with that. So I understand both sides of it. Perception, as you mentioned, you certainly would like to see everyone here. You certainly would like to have your leaders here or your perceived leaders here. But at the end of the day, no footballs are being thrown around. No footballs are being handled. How much is it going to affect the win total this season? Who knows? But this is where the work really begins. That's why you hope everyone shows up. Yeah, and, and there's a reason why they have the strength and conditioning program, even though um, it's voluntary. Now, some guys will shut it down for a couple weeks after the season, and some guys will use this to get into football shape because it's hard to get into football shape once you – Go through the OTAs, the mandatory mini camp, and then you're off for six weeks, and you don't, you just don't want to lose the edge. So you you know normally guys would use the off season to get into shape, but I would assume a lot of these guys have been already working out because you know there's there's a lot of fringe guys on this roster, and you know they're, you only, they're only going to keep 53, and then you got the practice squad. So I mean, and and if you're a fringe guy, and, and, and listen, Dennis Gardick's always going to be here. Marcus Golden, it's just they, they have different personalities. I'm not here to judge anybody, but it's it's just that. This is kind of where it starts. You know, this is how you build the foundation because last year's over. Now it's all about 2022. And they're going to use, which I don't want to get into, they're going to use 2021 as a starting point as far as 2022 is concerned. Yeah, and, and you know, James Conner, he signed in April. But I just think, you know, getting all these guys back in their second year, J.J., they kind of know what the, what the organization is. They know the culture of the locker room. They throw in Max Williams. You know, he's obviously he's been a Cardinal prior to that. But, yeah, I just I feel like, you know, um, they got enough leadership here, and now it's a matter of just everyone coming together. But this is where you really laid a foundation. D-Hop, Rondell Moore, Buda Baker, Zayvon Collins, Devon Kennard, all here for off-season strength and conditioning workouts at least day one. 
the foursome that we heard a lot about as far as those defensive linemen, Zach Allen, Richard Lawrence, Lucky Fotu, and Michael Dogby together again. New faces, Will Hernandez and Nick Vigil present as well. So I do think, and I just named not just starters, but key players that are going to be asked to do a lot this upcoming season. And Hop obviously can't do much. I think he is still trying to get make sure he is 100% by week one. And I've been very open and honest here on Cardinals Covered 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I really don't need to see number 10 anywhere unless it's week one. I mean, he is, to me, become that important, that vital to the way this offense performs and puts points on the board. Now we'll see how the coaching staff has adjusted and made sure that if you do don't, if you don't have number ten on the field, you're able to figure out why and, and, and adjust to that. But until that happens, you know, Hopkins's value is on Sundays, not so much right now. It was almost a fluke what happened last year. Now he did play through some injuries, but he did have MCL surgery, so. You know, uh, prior to that, he only missed two games, and one they clinched, and I don't, I don't recall what the other one was, but he only missed two games. You just hope, you know, he's going to be 30 uh, soon here, right? He will be, and I can't remember the exact date. But, yeah, he had he had missed only two games in his career up until 2021. Right, right, and the numbers reflected how much they missed him. So, But this, if you draft a receiver, whether it's first, second, or third round, that will give him an opportunity. Uh, you obviously have A.J. Green. You have Rondell Moore, uh, Dorich, he's mentioned uh, Sweezy, um, and, and, you know, and, and Pacelli. So they'll have enough. But by him not practicing, maybe you can get that if it's a rookie uh, or get Rondell Moore more comfortable in the route tree, according to Sean Jefferson. You get some extra reps, some extra attention if DeAndre Hopkins is not on the field going through half speed, full speed. Maybe he's out there going through mental reps, but it does open up the door for someone else. One other note on J.J. Watt when asked about Kyler Murray, quote, it's a quarterback-driven league. You have to have a great one to have a chance at success. We're fortunate to have a great one, end quote. That might be the first defensive player I've heard acknowledge that this is a quarterback-driven league. Yet at the same time, if, and we heard this when J.J. Watt signed, he would not be here if it were not for what he saw in Kyler Murray. So why did J.J. Watt sign here? Why did Zach Ertz decide to return? Why did James Conner decide to return? Well, they like to win. They like the success that this team had a year ago, and a large part of that was because of who the quarterback was and currently is. Yeah, I mean, uh, Zach Ertz has been very complimentary, Kyler. I mean, and, and again, uh, we're going to get into A.J. Green here. Um, but also, at the end of the day, these guys did get paid, though. It's, that's part of it. And But they wanted to be here. That's the most important thing. You know, J.J. Watt, um, he probably looked at the roster. You know, he's familiar with Vance. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you build relationships. He's taking Zach Allen under his wing, so – yeah, it's you know, and he's a great leader on and off the field. And uh, you know, I, I like what he said. You know, he wants this uh, the stadium to be like family on game day. He wants you to go out there and be like family. This is uh, we're all in this together, so to speak, according to JJ Watt. Quote: I love it here. He talked about the weather being a huge factor, working on natural grass, things that you have continually brought up as far as why veterans like to play in this state or with this team because of the weather and you're in natural grass and your home games are indoors. Sure, you can open up the roof, but bottom line is everything is controlled. And for players that want to extend their career or maybe have another bite at the apple, if you will, the Cardinals are a very attractive destination. Yeah, and, 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 and it really, it's – besides the weather and obviously, you know, you look at A.J. Green, he dealt with foot, foot issues and uh, ankles because they were playing on turf. And obviously, you know, I had a, still had an outstanding career. Here I just feel like, you know, and we've been here long enough to where – I don't know if it's 325 days, but when you walk outside and you feel that sun on you, you feel good. Like in Cleveland, it's snowing. Green Bay, it's snowing, and you know, obviously, you got to go where you're wanted. But I, I do think the the lifestyle and bringing their families here, uh, it's Zach Hurts loves it, uh, Green loves it, Watt loves it. Uh, so they got a lot going for them. But at the end of the day, it's about fit and asking price. By the way, MJ, we are just days, days, little more than a handful of days away from the 2022 NFL Draft. And a reminder, Berg Gang, for the first time since 2019, 
The Cardinals are hosting a draft party presented by Arizona Ford Dealers on the Great Lawn outside State Farm Stadium Thursday, April 28th from 4 to 9. Admission parking are both free. There will be a kids interactive zone, autographs, entertainment. There will be a special post-draft fireworks show following the completion of the first round. But for the first time in three years, Bird Gang can gather, celebrate, and welcome the Cardinals' first-round draft pick. Yeah, the last time was Kyler Murray. And of course, they had the first overall pick. And then the following year, they had the eighth overall pick. And they took uh, Simmons. And then last year, they had the 16th overall pick. This is going to be 23. Got to wait a little while. Yeah, and, and – Will they move up? I think it's going to be pricey. Would they move back to pick up an extra third-round pick? Now, I, I, this is fascinating. This is from Field Yates. Eight teams with two first-round picks. Lions, Texans, Jets, Giants, Eagles, Saints, Packers, and Chiefs. Eight teams with no first-round picks. Rams, Browns, Broncos, Bears, Colts, 49ers. Maybe that changes. Dolphins, Raiders. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow's a week away, Craig. It's it's unbelievable because at one time the Eagles did have three first-round picks and the Saints only one. Now the Eagles with two and the Saints with two. But, yeah, eight teams don't have a first-round draft pick and eight teams have two first-round draft and, picks. And the Lions have two and 32. Texans have three and 13. Jets have four and 10. Giants five and a seven. Man, you can get some plug-and-play players there. Eagles 15 and 18. Saints 16 and 19. Do they move up? Packers 20 and 28 just before the Cardinals pick at 23, and the Chiefs 29 and 30. So uh, these teams will be wiggling. If there's a certain player they want, they're going to take it. But the teams that have these 4 and 10 and 5 to 7 and 15 and 18, you're going to get a quality player because I think when you get to 20, 25, you can probably get the same player, maybe a different position, at 45. You mentioned the 49ers. Don't forget also the Rams do not have a first-round draft pick. When you look within the division, now – once upon a time, the Cardinals are the only team without a first-round draft pick. That changed with the Russell Wilson trade to the Denver Broncos, to so the Seahawks selecting number nine overall. So if you kind of want to pay attention to what the rest of the division is doing, all I have to do is pay attention to the Seahawks, at least on day one. Now, with respect to the draft and activity going on out near State Farm Stadium, Saturday, April 30th, the draft weekend country concert on the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. For more information, go to sportsmansparkaz.com. In attendance or performing, I should say, Ryan Hurd, Lanco, and Callista Clark. Again, that is Saturday, April 30th, the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. Go to sportsmansparkaz.com. All right, we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A little bit of a detour, if you will, when we talk about the draft with respect to the Cardinals and what they may or may not do. If you missed any of our countdown, Mike Jarecki's top 50 draft prospects, his big board, you can go back into the archives. We will do more draft, obviously, but because that the offseason strength and conditioning program has begun because A.J. Green addressed the media, we had a chance to hear from James Conner and J.J. Watts. What those three players mentioned and what they said on all three let's repeat it mj because you've been on this from the get-go all three james connor aj green jj watt going into their second year with the arizona cardinals year one jj watt yeah he got hurt but outside of that i think it was a solid first year for all three can they repeat that Maybe not so much in numbers, but I do believe they'll be more comfortable, more confident in what is being asked of them within this offense and defense, respectively. Yeah, they're, they're more familiar with each other. And I think, you know, we talk about guys making a jump from year one to two as a draft pick and then from year two to three, and I think we've seen that from Jalen Thompson and Byron Murphy. Hopefully that happens with a guy like uh, Marco Wilson, whether it's the second or third year. Zach Allen's ready to come in and start on the defensive line. So, yeah. Um, it, it's it's to a situation where I'm I'm curious to see you know um, by them having Jeff Gladney on the roster is, is a corner a priority because I've I've been fixated on you got to be able to cover that 11 personnel with the ramps you cannot let these guys get right open and then you got to get pressure up front so it'd be interesting to see how they um, they decide to do things but uh, you know according to uh, Steve Kime in the, in the flight plan he he thinks. Glad he can be a starter. Now, the good news is he could play inside and outside. So if they want to move Murph inside, then you have Marco Wilson 
and then hopefully they'll retain Robert Alford, uh, and then all of a sudden you have four. But I, I do think you're going to have to draft a corner at some point because Murphy's contract will be coming up. How much you want to pay him? Is he a number one corner? Is he more of a slot corner? And slot corners are getting paid too because you got to cover that slot receiver. It's uh, it's an old adage, but you can never have enough corners, and that's truer now than it maybe has ever been. I'm going to go back to something that you asked James Conner about that year two and how much better he could be, and not that he dismissed it. He did say, quote, could be big, meaning year two of the offense. But then he added, it's super, super early. Yes, it's day one. We're in the middle of April. But I do think you hit on to something that a lot of people are going to recognize. Not only is it year four with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, so you think that should be like a well-oiled machine, but going back to have a James Conner year two. How about Zach Ertz and DeAndre Hopkins playing together more than just a handful of snaps? Two games. That's all they played together was two games. All of this should, and we say should because we don't know. We project, and we project that year two, based off the number of players that are returning from a year ago, you would hope maybe it doesn't translate in the win-loss column, but perhaps you're playing better, you're performing better overall to allow for a sustained run end of the postseason yeah the only thing is uh, you know we know jj watts history you know he, he did play 16 games before the cardinals signed him he's missed 32 in the last five and then you throw in aj green i mean he was able to play in 15 games was it 16 games and he was COVID for one it, you got to just stay healthy and it's something that you can't predict it's just then then all of a sudden you're questioning your your depth there but you know i i think uh, you know depending if they want to play man-to-man or zone um, I like the rotation. I uh, would like to see them get another defensive line here and possibly an outside linebacker. All right, let's get into what A.J. Green had to say because I think he was very honest with the media and maybe that was a result of uh, the amount of time taking uh, away from the game itself as far as how the season ended. And we've talked about his numbers. They don't need to be repeated. But what this Cardinals team paid him to do as far as numbers, he put up numbers. He put up very good numbers. Although Green said, quote, it was an okay season for him. And he mentioned how the season finished for him. Did not finish as well as he wanted to. And then was very, I think, honest about the communication and the lack of communication and where more communication is needed between him and Kyler Murray. Quote, what I see or what he wants me to do, how he wants me to run this route. And I think last year there was a lacking on my part. I didn't really communicate with him about the stuff I like because I didn't want to put a lot of stuff on his plate. And I do think, you know, as the quarterback, yeah, there's a lot on your plate, but when you're A.J. Green, you have the cachet to go up and say, this is what I like, or tell me what to do. And I do think it's part of that maturation process also of Kyler Murray, learning how to walk up on a guy, as Ron Wolfley likes to say, get in his face, not make it personal, but understand I'm the quarterback, I'm the leader, this is what I need you to do. I think we saw it a couple of times last season, one in particular, Darrell Daniels, who wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. Some words were exchanged, and then after after a while, it's like, okay, kumbaya moment, everything is fine. But that is what I think people want to see from Kyler Murray, and it's what A.J. Green wants to see more out of Kyler Murray. This week, A.J. Green, a guest on the Big Red Rage, talking about Kyler Murray. He's not a guy that's going to be in your face. But we got to make him be in your face because this is his team, and we go as he goes. So again, more communication, more attention to details, which Kyler Murray has always talked about over the last couple of seasons. Little things, yes, little things, and that those little things add up exactly. Now, you know, if you've watched the Cardinals this year, and Everyone's going to go back to the Packers game, and there was a miscommunication. Uh, I'm not going to point the finger at either or. Um, and then in the Colts game, you know, they weren't on the same page. Kyler wanted him to come back for the route. So I'm glad that they, that he could discuss this because that's what the fans and the media were able to see. And he's a great locker room guy. He's a true pro. Um, you know, he goes to work every day, just keeps his head down. Uh, but I'm glad that, you know, when he said, I don't want to put a lot on his plate, I mean, Kyler's going into his fourth year. Maybe your third year, first guy, first time you're on the roster. Maybe you're just like, I'm just going to fit in, stay in my lane, versus you know, be a guy that hey, throw the ball to me. That's not him. And he said him and Hopkins, they don't want, they both want to win. They they they're both unselfish when it comes to who gets more, more targets. I just, you would have hoped that some of these 
conversations had happened after games. Exactly. During the week. That's on me. Before the game begins or before next week starts. And you learn from what happened the week prior. And maybe there was some of that, just not enough. Who knows? We're not in that locker room yet. What we're hearing now is, yeah, things unraveled later in the season. And even A.J. Green, again, on the Big Red Rage this week, mentioned, quote, things were a little off when Murray returned from the injury and D-Hop got hurt for a second time, and the Cardinals were never able to get that train back on the track, so to speak. All right, so what happens when things don't go well? What happens when adversity hits this team? Obviously, there was a lot of adversity last season. Everyone dealt with COVID-19. The Cardinals did not have their head coach, and a number of players in Cleveland won that ball game. So they did deal with adversity at times, but when certain players were not on the football field, i.e. DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt on defense, there was something, in A.J. Green's words, a little off. Things didn't look to us as media and the fans from the outside, and obviously, as Green said this week, weren't looking good from the inside either. Yeah, and, and again, for everyone listening to the to podcast, I mean, we talked about this during the season, and you know, I'm glad that he, you know, he could have said, it, you know, we all got to get better, and you know, I'll take responsibility. I had an okay year, but he, no, he, he, he was straight forward saying this is what happened. And, you know, we're never going to know what happened and how they're going to fix it until they fix it in later in the season. But I, I'm glad he opened up and we he was very, very, very honest. And that's what we want from any athlete, let alone a Cardinal player. We all want answers. I mean, we've been talking about the issues, the questions, and I don't know if those coaches, if those players even have the answers as of yet, <laughs> but they're trying to figure it out. And the, the self-scouting, looking back, that's why I say, yeah, it's each season is is its own separate season. But for me, I think 2022 might have started at the end of 2021. That final, not the Rams game, the playoff game, but how that season ended. And I think, you know, I was maybe lulled into a little bit uh, false sense of security when they went into Dallas, beat the Cowboys. All right, you got that win. You, you, you stop the losing streak. All right, you can get back on track. And it you, just never happened. You lose to Seattle at home, and they're playing for nothing. Well, pride, and guys were free agents, and obviously Russell Wilson, he, that way he played his first game at in Glendale, and he played his last game at State Farm Stadium. I mean, it's just it, – it, when I look at it from a just a standpoint of um, – and, and, and James Conner, he was asked about it. But every every coach I've talked to, and, you know, I'm, we're fortunate enough to, you know, be in the lunchroom and sometimes they'll come in there. Obviously, if they're busy, I don't I don't truly hear off. It's a quick conversation. But when they said they went back into the deep dive, they mentioned the injuries, but they mentioned that they didn't have enough depth on the back end of the roster. And we like the roster coming out of training camp. Yes. But when you start losing your number one wide receiver – the guy you brought in, J.J. Uh, Watt, Jordan Phillips wasn't playing up to par. And and then, you know, um, the offensive line went through different nine different line combinations. But injuries are part of it. they got to figure it out. But you just can't get to 10-2 and two and then finish with 11 wins. It's, it's the season that I think people are not going to forget until – 2022 the end of 2020 December to, to see how 2022 <laughs> finishes and then you look back and right that's where you can pinpoint where things turned around or they didn't turn around and it just is the same same thing happening once again good start poor finish yeah I'll say this though they could have a better team on paper, just who they retained, and and the and they know the system, and we haven't even you know figured out who the eight draft picks are. Um, when you look at that, um, they they have a really difficult record, so they may only win eleven. Difficult games. schedule. Schedule. Sorry, sorry. Very, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough schedule. <laughs> it's a really tough schedule, and at least as we speak right now, who knows what right, happens I down mean, the road? Right, but you're playing the AFC West, and then you got Mahomes, and obviously you know Brady coming in, and Justin Herbert, but they may have a better record, but it may be only be 11 wins. But maybe they'll be able to play well down the stretch so they can parlay that because I think, if we're being honest here, I think everyone's playing for second place inside the NFC West right now with the Rams, unless they have an injury. 
I don't think there's any question. I'm always of the opinion and mindset that if you win the championship, if you win the division, you are number one no matter what your record says during that following season until you're knocked off. And the Rams will always be that team until they're knocked off. Yeah, and then we'll find out what's going on in San Francisco. I mean, uh, obviously Debo Samuel's in the news. Um, you know, these receivers uh, – and the funny thing is, I don't know if if he's aware that you know. I guess they could bring Garoppolo back. They could. You can actually trade Garoppolo and Debo Samuel to one team. You could package it to try to make it more enticing. But I mean, so I don't know if it's Trey Lance or Garoppolo. Um, right now, it's Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Um, do they take a quarterback in the second round? Clearly, they're not going to start a rookie. I wouldn't assume, unless you you're out of the race early. And the Rams, they don't have a you know a ton of picks, so the 49ers are not picking until like the third round or something like that. So, this is, again, it's a crapshoot, um, but you got you got to somehow figure it out. And if you draft eight guys, you, you hope maybe four or five, especially the top three or three rounds, and you hope to get some flyers in those on that third day rounds if they can move up fourth, five, six, and seven. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, continuing to discuss what we heard over the last couple of days from players, and we have not heard from players very often this offseason. The good news, J.J. Watt, he is, as he said, great regarding his injury. He has no issues, so I'm guessing he'll be, I don't know if they'll monitor him at all this offseason. I don't think he needs a lot of reps. It is hard to keep him off the field, even during practice. Hard to keep him out of the weight room here as he has been a steady present for uh, presence for much of the offseason, but said something on Tuesday that I think, and at least I'm going to continue to bring it up because I do believe that it is going to be hopefully a lesson learned with respect to last season and how last season ended. J.J. Watt asked specifically about lessons learned. Quote, you got to play your best football at the most important times of the year, and I obviously don't think we did that last season. I think that's the key to this league is finding your stride at the right time. And MJ, he did mention that he hopes his teammates use last season as motivation because there are going to be, as we keep talking about, there are a number of teammates from last year. It's not a new roster. There is going to be more of the players that were a part and had a, and had a hand in not only the 11 wins, but also the disappointments, i.e. that Rams playoff game. There are going to be more of those players playing key positions in 2022 to where I do believe in the back of their minds they have to have 2021 always as a reminder, as a motivator to do better to make sure, as we always like to say, history doesn't repeat itself. Yeah, re referring to, to J.J. Watt, I mean, uh, clearly, you know, no one is happy what happened last year. But, I, I mean, I know what you're saying. They should use it as motivation, but I think you got to put it in the rear view mirror. I know they're human. They're not robots. Like when, when I asked James Conner the question about second year, and he said, you know, his first day of – uh, strength and conditioning, and and Darren's like, I think it's. Do you feel like it's football? And then JJ Watt, oh, it's football. When I'm in the building, this is football. And he, we know, we we've seen him run, he, when he's not traveling outside the country or going to dive bars. He's been at the facility like 24 seven. The the only and it's not pushback, but the only thing I'll say on why I do think that 2021 is going to keep getting brought up. This team gets off to a great start in September. 4-0, 4-1, whatever it is. There's always going to be a segment of the population, and I might even be leading the charge. Doesn't matter. Great. Congratulations. Put you in a good position. Tell me what your record is in December. Tell me how you're playing in December, not – or tell me how you're playing in December, not in September. Yeah, I mean, you and I, you have to respect the process, uh, but – the way it's happened in the last three years, I mean, it it can't happen. I mean, not in year four. I mean, this team should not take a step back. Um, you had you had eight players in the draft, maybe four or five make the team, and then you get, you retain a lot of your players that were eleven wins, ten and two at one point, seven and zero. Oh. So it's just that you know health is obviously always an issue, but I, I like the chemistry of this team, and they work hard, and you could see that you know even uh, Zach Allen 
Uh, he was excited to get to off-season workouts. Zach Ertz, they were excited to get out, and, and they're lifting weights, and they're going out there running gassers, and, you know, sometimes the offense is on the field, sometimes the defense is on the field. So this is where it starts. You put the work in now, and hopefully the, the, the dividends will pay off during the season. More from J.J. Watt with respect to last season as a catalyst for this season. Quote, if you can't look at that game, he's referring to the playoff loss to the Rams, and you can't walk out of that stadium feeling motivation and wanting to work harder and wanting to be better and wanting to do everything that you can, you're probably in the wrong business. Amen. End quote. Couldn't agree more. And once we get done with the draft and once we get done with, I guess, maybe the second or third wave of free agency and some other players are added or maybe some other players are retained, love to see Robert Alford come back. It's going to, all right, let's look at projected starters – Last season versus this season. And my guess is there's going to be a huge chunk. I don't want to put a percentage on it, but a huge chunk of starters on both sides of the ball that it's going to be the same, that you're going to roll out week one against whomever in 2022, and you're going to look and say, that looks exactly like last season's team. Yeah, the only difference right now, if depending on what they do in the draft, is Will Hernandez. They re-sign A.J. Green. They got Rondell Moore. They got Dorch. Hop's coming off an injury. They retained Max Williams. They retained, you know, Zach Ertz. So, yeah. Again, I, I just think the schedule is – and to me, I mean, you like to see this team stack wins, but we didn't know what was going to happen in Detroit. They wanted the game more than the Cardinals. Obviously, the Panthers game, they got, they got some juice from Cam Newton, even though they were going against P.J. Walker. They couldn't cover McCaffrey. So, But to me, the NFL is a week-to-week proposition. You think you know and you don't know. Yeah, you you can never assume that what you did the week prior is going to carry over. Now, for a while there, this team was rolling, and then things stopped, and they couldn't get it back going again. And we always like to, you know, what Buda Baker always says, 1-0. and well, The goal is to be 1-0. and And at some point, maybe that goal disappeared or got away from them at the end of last season. I don't like talking about the season prior because you want to move forward, but I think it's going to be very difficult for this team upcoming to move forward until they get darn near to the end of 2022. And again, uh, you know. And they put themselves in that position, by the way. 100%. And I'd have to go back because, you know, they what was it, 5-11-1? Um, I'd have to go back how they finished there, but clearly you look at his numbers referring to the head coach in, in at Texas Tech and everything else, um, even though they were putting up 45 points a game with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's just – I don't know. It's just – I just think when the season starts, but you're right. They can get off to a good start. Maybe they lose a game early, and then they have that target on their back. They'll hopefully get some primetime games. But when we get to past um, Thanksgiving, going into December – you have to look at your opponents, and you, you want to be playing your best football. And, and, again, injuries are going to dictate how well this team can play down the stretch. And if you do have injuries, you have to figure out a way to overcome those injuries because the good teams do that. And the good teams not only overcome but keep winning. And then when that player does return, if they do return, that's they pick up like nothing was ever left, uh, well, nothing was ever lost. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now, I mean, they have the three defensive linemen you to have – Watt, Lawrence, and then Allen, and then you got Lecky, and you got Dogby, and they got some other guys there. Um, but you, you, you want to get more depth. I mean, uh, you know, Rashad Lawrence, uh, he's got to stay healthy. Lucky's more of a run stuffer, so that's perfect. He may not fill up the statue. He may not get a sack, but at least he can occupy a double team and allow those linebackers. But, you know, besides um, Jordan Phillips and, and Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks, I mean, we're probably going to have – the same amount of guys on, on defense uh, that you had last year. So maybe one new starter on offense, three new starters potentially on defense. Yes. And that's, a, you know, again. So out of 22, you'd have almost 18 guys that have been on the roster either for a year or two or going into their second year. And then, you know, you have four other. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's the way um, – you know, when you look at it from that standpoint, I mean, it, it, it's just, to me, you have to be able to develop players, especially the back end of the roster. And I'm I'm kind of bullish. I don't know why on, on James Wiggins. I got a chance to see him recently. He looks the part. I know they got, you know, he's, uh, you know, Deontay Thompson can't stay healthy. We know that nobody's going to supplant Buddha and Jalen Thompson. But James Wiggins, he's got good size. I'm curious to see. Now, he'd be more for a depth guy. 
And at the end of the day, we know that, like, Victor DiMichichi, he, he became a special teams player. But right now, him and Kennard uh, are the backup linebackers. And right now, they only have Marcus Golden would be the starter. So, obviously, it's going to be difficult to replace a guy like Chandler Jones. From a leadership standpoint, it's going to be hard to replace um, Jordan Hicks. Maybe we get a little bit more insight as far as how the Cardinals might go about replacing a Chandler Jones, at least when it pertains to the NFL draft. As I mentioned, we are days, days away from maybe the biggest three days of the year for Mike Jarecki, potentially. Yeah. I mean, it's a, this is. I mean, you got to get better, and and every team's you know they're looking at all the same players, and every team has different grades on them. And you know, uh, recently the Cardinals did go through their medical, so you know some guys that may youth be on the board, and and you see they drop. Why don't they take him? Well, maybe they're they're not on their board. Maybe the, the doctor said he you know he's he's not going to last two or three years in the league. But once you get out that out of the way, you set your board to one twenty board, and you just start following where you are. And, and to me, they can go any direction at 23. Oh, I don't think there's any question about it. Outside of quarterback, running back, tight end, inside linebacker. Correct. I think you can go anywhere. And maybe safety as well. I'll throw that one out there. I think they're okay at safety unless you're just looking for more depth. But, yeah. I would agree with that. So so 18 out of 22. Now, the good news is they don't line up until September. That's true. I, I, I still have to. You still have to remind me on that one. Like, sometimes I get a little overboard and, and, and freak out at times. But, hey, you know what? They, they got A.J. Green. I, you know, I, I'm fully convinced that the powers that be, whether that's general manager Steve Keim or Quentin Harris or Adrian Wilson, Who? that they are that they are paying attention to what we do here on Cardinals Cover 2 because they did address that outside wide receiver. Now – Someone to rush the quarterback. That's all I ask. They'll have they'll have guys in camp. It's just a matter of who. All right, let's leave it on that note. We will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almohandro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.